Hello and welcome to Tell Me About Your D&D Character, a podcast where people get a chance to talk about their characters from different role-playing games. I'm your host Jeremy, and today my guest is Ellie Jager, the third-party content manager from Arkenforge. It was really fun talking with Ellie about her character Lizard Bennett, um, which I... yeah. You, listen to the episode, you'll enjoy it. Preferring the online. Yep. Yeah, no, we've got one group because I play currently three groups yep. at the moment regularly. So our Monday night group got moved to in person. So that's wow. pretty great. Big step. Um, I know. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, my other two groups, actually, no, I've got three other groups. So I've got four groups total. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, my three other groups were all staying online. Um, so yeah, it's just convenient, you know. We yeah. had one in one in person game game on Sunday, um, just to like you know have one in person game for the fun of it. Because yeah. some people haven't even met in real life yet. But yeah. yeah, that's what I'm finding. That occasionally it will be. Look, it's really hot. The traffic for getting across the city is yeah. going to be really bad. Such and such is out sick. Look, let's just do a game online this week. It's so much yeah. easier. Yeah. Or you know we're not totally. going to be playing D and D, so let's just play Among Us and do it over the phones. Mm. And you're still doing totally. the same sort of social interaction, but it's just, yeah, it's like, why not? It's just a new option now and you don't have that huge commute time or the huge commute time home. Yeah. It's the real one. Totally. Yeah. And like, I, I'm playing with a lot of people who don't really live near us either. Yeah. Um, one of my groups, one of the guys is actually moving to um, New South Wales uh, like next week. So it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, but we you can still want to fight together. So yeah exactly it's great it's such a great i think a lot of people are discovering that that it is this good way of staying in contact with people who have been not out of your life but certainly you haven't been able to find the time it's like well you've got the time and they've got the time it's just you're not in the same spot anymore so why not if you've got a couple of hours you can run a game online it's all good yeah totally totally yeah it's been it's been going well yeah, that's good. Oh, well. That's good. How was the the game in person again? Was it really much of a shift from? Because I have noticed a shift in my games. What online was like to what it was like in person again? Yeah. Um, well, as a player, mm-hmm. I haven't really found that it has changed too much around how it all works. Um, as a DM, because one of my groups, two of my groups, I DM. Mm-hmm. Um, I for the very first time ever yesterday uh dm'd my first group in person mm-hmm. um previously i all of my group all of my dming had been uh online so uh it was definitely a new experience uh it, doing that it's a bit um, of a shift but, yeah yeah totally so as a player i didn't find that it was that different but as a dm it was quite different um getting used to kind of yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't really even know why it was different, to be honest, because it doesn't feel like it should be. Hmm. But, yeah. I so don't know. was this the first time you were DMing in person for that group or DMing person at all? DMing in person at all. Wow. So you really yeah. picked up DMing yeah. during lockdown and during the pandemic. Yeah, so uh, my, my very first uh, DMing experience was actually Dungeons & Distancing. Oh, wow. Way back in what, yeah. was, was April? April or May? 
Oh, you're really... It all kind of blurs uh, together. Testing um, my memory, yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. go back and fix that in post. We'll mention when it actually was. Yeah, here we go. I'll say all of the months for you, and then yes. you can put in the <laughs> 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 um, Either way. Yeah, I think it was about April. It was, it was right at the beginning uh, of lockdown and everything. Mm. And, yeah, like, they were like, hey, we're looking for DMs. Uh, are you interested? I'm like, I mean, I've never done it before, so why not? But that's the thing, <laughs> you, know, you don't have just, to. Let's just go for it. Yeah, if you know the game yeah. and you enjoy doing it, it's like, why not give it a try? Totally. And, like, I like the people who I was DMing for were so beautiful and amazing. Um, and actually my very first group was every single one of them was a DM. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they were all really, yeah. So they were all really enjoying um, playing because they, yeah. they all said that they didn't get to play that often. Um, but... E- but yeah, they 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 were really good with helping me, kind of you know, with the rules and stuff like that. Because I'm I'm really not a technical player or a d- technical DM. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very much sort of like you know, we'll make decisions around what's most fun during the game, and if you know, if we make a decision that is incorrect, then next time we'll know what the rule is, you know, if we even bother to look it up in the end. (laughs) What makes Um, most sense at the time in the game is is usually the best mm. way, I think. Particularly for when it's the first time you're running a game, it's like, just just go with what feels right. Yeah, exactly. And and I want to be a bit of a yes DM, Um, like yes and kind of, you know, the, the, the... improv kind of technique of yeah yeah you can do that and this happens or whatever to try and make it interesting because um it's I I don't like as a player when it's like oh I have this really exciting idea and then all of a sudden the DM's like well it doesn't really work that way so nah it's like okay well fair enough (laughs) you're the DM so like you know the yes and just creates more storytelling opportunities I keep Mm. thinking about the the Star Wars RPG from um uh, fantasy flight games where they have the you know you have success and failure but it's more of if you succeed something good happens later on and if you fail then a threat level increases so mm-hmm. yes. whatever you want to do happens it's like if you want to fire while running across the room yeah you totally do that if you roll poorly you trip and fall on your face but you did mm-hmm. the running first and you still get those shots off and things still happen but it's never a no you can't do that yeah yeah, and there are there are some other systems actually aside from D and D that I find support that type of play a little better. Um, Dungeon World is one that I, I'm not sure if you have you have you heard of Dungeon World. I have. Um, for listeners, yeah. we're recording this a week after I spoke with Dante, which would have gone up last week. Oh, there and you Dante go. mentioned Dungeon World as well. <laughs> well, Dante and I were in the same Dungeon World group, <laughs> um, and yeah, we we really enjoyed it, uh, but. What I think is interesting about the way that the play happens there is that it the DM or the, the GM I should say is much more almost a player. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot more of that yes and because there's not this kind of illusion of like oh I mean it's not always an illusion I suppose even in something like D and D but there's not that same separation between the DM and the players in Dungeon World. It's like the DM can also rock up having never, uh, having not done any prep and uh, they'll be able to sort of just have a story time with their friends, you know? So it's like, they're the one telling the story, but other people are contributing to it. 
Um, whereas I yeah, feel a lot yeah. of the time with Dungeons and Dragons, it's I have a specific story and you get to take part in it. Totally. And, and something with Dungeon World as well is that they, the, it's the GM's job to more ask questions. Mm. So they ask leading questions, which get you all onto the same page. Um, but it, yeah, you, I think that that's kind of what allows more more input into the actual like core story from the players is that it's very question based so like for an example i I don't know what dante talked about um but uh, yeah at at the end of each session you have these like end of session questions Mm -hmm. where it's like you know what did you did you contribute to your alignment this week and and those kinds of things so that kind of helps to propel the story forward and does give the the gm some some uh, material to go from for the next session so that's a good idea yeah. it's kind of like a debriefing after each um each session of figuring out well what parts of the game did we enjoy tonight and what parts are we not enjoying and you're really building on the experience every single time exactly and the questions are the same every week and they're very story uh related i guess if you will so like i just said one of the questions is did you contribute to your alignment another one of the questions is did you resolve any bonds with other players so you create these bonds with your other players um and then if they're resolved then you kind of get get something for that um something mechanical happens for resolving a bond that's uh, really which I think cool. is super interesting because it does promote that role playing with the other members of the party as well it's like you've already got this bond how is it going to work and you don't have to resolve it but you can build on it and kind of build up to the conclusion of it yeah and there and at the end of the session as well you create new bonds too mm. so they might be something that's you know going to happen within the next session or it might not happen for another 10 sessions because it's something that's really long term uh but yeah I don't yeah. know if that kind of answers the original question or if I've just gone completely. I've forgotten what the original <laughs> question is, but that's fine. <laughs> Quite happy to talk about Dungeon World. Well, Dungeon World, have you been a, a GM in Dungeon World? Or have you mainly no, stuck no. to running Dungeons & Dragons? I've only been a DM for Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. That's in, in, in a few different contexts now. Um, but... It, Sorry, what was I saying? What was the question again? Um, I was asking the the Dungeons and, that you've only um, really oh, DM'd yeah. for Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I've only dungeon uh, DM'd for Dungeons and Dragons, um, but I've done it in a few different contexts. So I've done it for Dungeons and Distancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also DM'd in the Goblins of Zarth campaign that yep. happened as well um, in partnership with ArcanaCon. Uh, and I've also done it online, like I said, with just like friendship groups, um, and also, uh, I think that was it. Oh, and then the one time, that one time in in person. So that one time, in yeah. Person. But that was a, a game that one already, time in person. You'd already started running for other people as well. That that it was an online game that was moving to in person. Uh, but that's that's an interesting thing that the three, like you said, three very different contexts because Dungeon Distancing was almost a competitive D&D event, the, um, the Blood and mm-hmm. Woodhaven one. Then Goblins in Zarth was a little bit more of the module classic adventure style. And then the home games, I'm assuming, are more of storytelling that you create yourself. But they're very mm-hmm. different styles each time because the two online events were almost a limited series 
whereas I'm I would assume I'm, I'll let you answer, but the the home mm. games are um, op- more open ended. Yes, definitely, um, and it's it's a blessing and a curse both ways. I would yeah. say to have something that's sort of you know strictly. Uh, this is how the story needs to go because the competition kind of relies on it. Luckily, the competitions that I've been DMing for have been very role-play based. So you could be a little bit loosey-goosey with the with the story, which I really appreciated because I, I think it would be really difficult to railroad while still allowing six players who have never played together yeah. <laughs> to you know, all have a good time at the same time, I guess. Um, but yeah, then there's, uh, with my own story, I find it really challenging, shall we say, mm-hmm. <laughs> to ensure a consistent story, make sure that it's going in all of the directions that the players want it to go and, and all of that kind of stuff. It's a lot of responsibility, I suppose, to, to create a cohesive story that kind of makes sense and that doesn't have too many plot holes you know and the plot holes that are there they're the ones the players tend to forget about so it's like well it doesn't really really matter no one took notes that session so (laughs) they forgot all about that it's fine it's fine they're not remembering i'm wondering there is that that constant need to create content when you're a dungeon master and trying to to build up the um the adventure each time and some weeks Mm -hmm. you're just not feeling it i'm wondering whether dungeons and dragons kind of fits that sort of schedule a little bit better because if you're having an off week you throw a big monster at the party they've got to fight it you've got another week it's like it's just kind of that that fallout from having to combat all the time which eats up so much time it's not a great solution Mm. but it is also part of the game itself and i think those other ones like dungeon world like you were saying which is more about the role play focused maybe you don't even need the um the you don't have that that drive to have to create something every time because it's more storytelling and it's more you just have a conversation as that character and that's your session for the night yeah and and the group that i'm playing that i'm dming for at the moment or one of the groups that i dm for every thursday night we actually played dungeon world together and we all really enjoyed it and so we've actually brought some of those things in to our D sessions oh, awesome. um of course like the mechanical base is definitely there um but i i wouldn't like i said i'm not a technical dm so uh, for me which system i'm using i guess is less important because i care more about you know we're sitting around a fire you know the, the campfire session is like one of my favorites it's just like sitting around um as a as a party and just talking about what what we're going to do telling some some stories about you know our past i did a challenge challenge i don't know if i should call it that but whatever recently um for my players where i gave them three minutes to think of a story from their players past that they would like to share um at, at this campfire session that we had and it ended up going really, really well because it gave just giving everyone a few minutes to think of something. Mm-hmm. And I also said, you know, there has to be like someone else has to be involved. You have to tell us where this happened and when it happened and those kinds of things. So I gave them a few prompts and a few minutes and it ended up being a really interesting campfire session where we all learned something about ourselves. And I even did it as an, an NPC too. Uh, and it was just really fun. And it, yeah, I think that was a great way to kind of role play the session because yeah anyway no i think that that really does build the role playing aspects of it and giving them the 
the players that time to think about these things and watch other people's means that no one's really on the spot because you can involve someone else and go, okay, I'm not great with coming up with things immediately, but I know this person is, so I'll kind of involve and we can do a bit of a back and forth and mm-hmm. develop both of our characters in that way. And it it really just starts to, to build those skills for people who might be a little bit um, hesitant or might be less confident with them. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. Absolutely. Yeah. And partic- I think because I think role-playing for new players particularly, it is a little daunting that you're not yeah. sure, do I do a voice? Do I have to really <laughs> be in character all the time? Or can I say, oh, he goes over and does this? And I mean, for some people it's not fun, but I think a lot of more people are getting into that aspect of it. Absolutely. And I, I have, like I said, so I'm DMing two groups at the moment. One of them is all new players mm-hmm. uh, and the other one has one new player in it. And yeah, I definitely, I think especially in those cases, because I did this with both groups and it went really well both times. Um, but I think that it went well because everyone didn't feel so much pressure to just come up with something like really awesome and creative with like a split seconds notice. Um, so, yeah, I, and I think that the, the new players really appreciated that because I think it can be difficult as a new player to know where the boundaries are, right? Because yeah. uh, I've had new players, you know, almost speaking as NPCs before because they didn't fully understand where the line was. Uh, And while I don't want there to be any boundaries on your backstory and your character, even to some extent how you think the law of the land works, for an example, um, there obviously does have to be some boundary. Uh, But giving them this kind of, giving them the prompts, giving them the freedom to express a story from their own past mm. that kind of just gave them full full power and full agency to make up whatever they they wanted so i think that was super enjoyable for them for that reason it's the it's basically yes and writ large across the, the yeah. whole game session yeah Which, I, exactly so how long have you been playing because obviously going back dungeon world's been around for a while now so Dun- i didn't start with dungeon world we played dungeon world just last year for a few months um, but I started playing, uh, I, I would say about three years ago now, mm-hmm. I started playing D&D um, with my current Thursday group. I got super lucky and the first group they ever played with ended up being like my forever group. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and they're just super awesome, kind people and, and really, really um, enjoyable like really good people to play D&D with as well. They are, of course, um, listening to this, so all the good things they're getting to hear about now. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been playing for about three years, mostly D&D, a bit of Dungeon World, a bit of Pathfinder, yep. um, tiny little splash of Call of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. Uh, and also now our Monday sessions are um, a system that Dante is making up okay. um, and sort of building from scratch. So uh, that's been really interesting yeah. to go through a totally brand new system that no one's yeah. ever played before. You're kind of getting the um, rules and sort of contributing. and discovering mm-hmm. the playtesters uh, as it goes. That's exactly. so cool. Yeah. Oh, why didn't exactly. you tell me about that? Jeez, Dante. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> no, no, I'll get him on again and we'll talk about it. <laughs> okay, 
okay, sounds good. But yeah, it, it was really interesting. Sort of, we, you know, were up late one night, sort of, you know, scribbling on the mirror with some like whiteboard markers, like crazy people trying to figure out like, where do we even start with this? You know? Yeah. Well, the whiteboard markers and the idea is the start, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we start by standing here like crazy people <laughs> scribbling on a mirror because we didn't have a whiteboard. Yeah. Well, it's either a mirror or a whiteboard or a napkin or something, and that's the start mm-hmm. of so many great ideas. Yeah, totally. But that, that's a good point. What drew you to D&D? Had you always thought about uh, role-playing games like that, or did you just kind of stumble on it one day and go, yeah, this is this is for me? Yeah, so I have been into board games quite heavily uh, prior, and I've always kind of been interested, but I, I really didn't have an in for it, I guess. Um, I'd heard of it, but I didn't understand what it was. Role-playing to me was scary. Uh, still is for me, <laughs> to be honest, sometimes. Um, I'm I'm not the best role player you've ever seen as a DM or as a player. Like for an example, I really don't do voices that much. Um, I'm still kind of finding my feet there. No, I know, but I I, I do like it when other people do. Right. So I, if I enjoy that, then I think that's something that I, that I, I want to be able to give my players as well or my fellow players. If I, if I'm a player too, but then sort of once I got over that, uh that sort of you know i i don't know i don't even know how to start kind of thing it ended up just being that once i started talking about it with people more more and more people were like oh D, I play indeed i play dnd like come play with us you know yeah. uh and so i actually was just like dating someone who was like oh come come play in my group uh and so there i went and, and played with played with their group and you know things have changed over over time and people have come and gone in that group a little bit too um but yeah that kind of was the start of my D journey yeah. it was very yeah well, very you, interesting have you, i mean the fact that you play so many different systems is fascinating because i find mm. a lot of older players particularly like myself included in that uh, the ones that kind of cut their teeth on second edition stick with the editions they know <laughs> and they stick with D because that's what they're comfortable with and the fact that you've gone, hey, well, we tried Call of Cthulhu and you're trying a new system that you're creating. Do you find it difficult to wrap your head around? Is it something that you see as ongoing campaigns or ongoing adventures in those systems? Or is it a little bit more like, oh, it'd be interesting to try that out for a month and then we'll just go back to what we already know? Uh, that's a great question. I, I do love 5e and I think it has its place. Uh, and I think that its place is long-term campaigns. I think that it's fantastic for that. Uh, I would like to do another long-term Dungeon World campaign. Um, I think one of the reasons why I've enjoyed going to so many different uh, systems is because I find myself going into cliches a lot depending on the system that I'm that I'm in and so if I'm playing D&D exclusively I tend to go towards D&D cliches which I don't think there's any problem with and I still think it can be fun I I, I mean I do love D&D as a system but I also like trying something different every now and then um and with this group where we did play Dungeon World that's kind of what we were looking for was just like well let's just try something different for a bit because you know we've been doing D&D for a while so 
what cliches would you say Dungeons and Dragons have more so than the other ones? Um, just not to put you on the spot or anything about those, but just to give some of the listeners an example of what, what they, I'm sure they have ones in mind as well, but I'd like to hear yours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess when it comes to classes and stuff, uh, mm. I mean, you know, even just the bard, I guess, is, is one of the yes. things that um, I guess is one of the big ones that I, I kind of go to. Uh, even the types of monsters that you can use, um, well, not that you can use, cause you can use whatever you want, mm. but uh, the types of monsters that I tend towards are... Uh, dragons and, and, and things like that when I'm playing D&D, but that didn't come up as much in Dungeon World uh, for some reason, as, as much as it has in our D&D campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more just that I've noticed that more similar things come up uh, again and again when you're playing D&D, that just everything felt exciting and new in in a new system, okay. you know? Um, yeah, the, the new systems kind of give you an opportunity to expand your ideas expand the horizons that you've already kind of developed with D&D. I mean, D&D has got dragons right there in the name, so you're kind of expecting some mm. dragons at some point. Mm-hmm. And, and I think as well, when when the system supports fighting dragons like D&D does, because, for an example, you get all of your HP after a long rest, um, you, you can be a bit more like, well, I'm just going to march on into this cave and I'm going to try and kill something and, oh, my God, I'm down to one hit point, but whatever, I'll take a nap and I'll be fine. So you can be a lot more careless, I suppose. So I guess that also can form into a bit of a cliche mm. in that you kind of just become this reckless, you know, hero who just wants to, like, march in, fight stuff, and then go take a nap afterwards. The murder hobo um, style of, yep, we're yeah. here, it's a game about combat, so we're going to do some fighting. Exactly. And that is super fun. I don't yeah. want to ever sound like I'm dissing that. I, I really enjoy that. Um, but when you want something different, uh, I think a different system can really support that as well. Something that makes you, forces you to be more careful. That being said, yeah. with the other systems, would you want to try running games in those worlds or in those systems, or are you happy with running Dungeons and Dragons and just being a player in, say, Call of Cthulhu? Well, Call of Cthulhu, I might be interested in running. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good I would be at the whole like gritty, uh, uh, you know, storytelling type situation. Mm. Um, I would love to run something in Dungeon World. And I would actually probably, I, I'm planning on doing a, a one-off session with my family, my family who have no idea about what any of this is, by the way, <laughs> but are very sweet and want to be supportive of, of me and the things that I do in my life. They're so great for that. My, my dad, who, when I was growing up, had no interest in, in me reading all these rule books and things, has now been like, <laughs> you know what, I'd really like to watch one of your games sometime just to kind of understand what it's all about. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I reckon you'd have a really good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I think that Dungeon World actually could lend itself quite well to a one-off where I know that the people who are playing have never played and will never play again. So how do I maximise those hours that we have for fun? Because I don't, I don't, I, I do find that D&D is, I mean, this is not, not like my own observation that's unique, that D&D is quite rules heavy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm the first person to notice that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but I, I just wouldn't want to dump even how a character works 
uh, on on someone who's just never even going to play again, right? Yeah. So I think something like Dungeon World where they've you kind of get a character sheet and there's, you know, X, Y, Z things that you can do, pick off this sheet which one you want to do each time you... Uh, each time you take a turn and there are no turn bases and uh, no no turn base combat and stuff like that. So it's all just a bit more like, okay, I'll tell you when you can do something, you choose something from the sheet and then we move on. You know, you roll, if you roll well, maybe you don't fall on your face kind of thing. It is that building the experience and teaching them what role playing is so that they learn to enjoy the social aspects and if they enjoy the crunchier rules aspects and you start to build more about the dungeon and the actual dragon fighting bits. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cause I, I, I just, I, I know for a fact that say my mom and stepdad, for an example, like they're not going to be, you know, D and D fiends at any point. Um, I, I really do think that I've probably got this one shot to, to get <laughs> them into it. Um, so I think that focusing on the role playing part of it, and just trying to, and, and even the storytelling part of it, actually, which, I mean, maybe that sounds like the same thing, but I do kind of separate the storytelling from the from the role-playing itself. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I, I think that there is, I think especially with new players, like you said, like you mentioned earlier, there's that whole idea of like, oh, well, my player is going to do this, which I see as more storytelling and less role-playing per oh. se. Um, and I think that you can, you should always have both, yeah. Um, or you can always have both. Uh, some players like to do more one more than the other, but I think for new players, one-off, um, that whole storytelling aspect is probably going to be the most important thing. And then feeling like they can actually affect change in the story, mm. you know, like even if they don't fully understand what's happening in the game, you can understand a story when someone's telling it to you. So, yeah. And if they're enjoying the story, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing, that you give them something interesting for them, their brains to think about, and let them know you are taking you are in this this world you are taking part in this story and you can direct the story the way you want it to go and depending how well you do at that it may go in a different direction or it may just stay the way it was already going to go but you're always there yeah and i think there's something that dungeon world would actually lend itself really well why dungeon world sorry would actually lend itself really well to something like that is because there is some pre session stuff that you can establish to say okay you two as players have this bond you know you you as a as a pair have to achieve this goal and so with that background already set up they'll be able to then kind of go through and make decisions based on those things so they're not going in going like oh what does my character even want to be like who are they what do they act like because they've already got some common goals in place do you normally think about that when you're creating any character, when you're just like sitting down for a session zero or just thinking about a character in your mind? Do you think about what kind of bonds they could have at the other people at the table? That is my number one consideration and concern as mm-hmm. a DM. Mm-hmm. Also, also as a player, but as a DM, because I've been a player where I felt like the story, like I felt like I had no reason to be there. Like there, there was kind of a reason in the beginning, right? Like I ran into this group and something happened. And so it was like, okay, I'll stick around with this group for a while. But then, and, and this is because I also came in later to the yeah. campaign as well. Um, it, it was not bad DMing or anything like that. It just sort of happened this way. Um, and yeah, I just kind of felt like, why am I here? And then that really 
tore a rift between me and the other characters because they were like, why are you here? Why should we trust you? And I was like, well, I'm here because I'm too far away basically from any town to really do anything else except follow you around until we meet up with some other people. And then, yeah, I probably would leave because I don't care about you guys finding your mum. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... A, I've got no stake in me. this. It's like you're just totally random. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. That was, was that the first game you played or was this something more recent? Okay. So now do you yeah. always... Um, build the characters with with other people um in that session zero um so i guess more uh, if we're talking at me as a dm no no as a player i'm thinking more um as as a player uh i guess i'm just more intentional about the little things my, my small interactions with the players now so I'll make sure that I go out of my way to save someone or I'll go out of my way to care for someone and like show some kind of empathy um, as a player. That's, that's, my, that's my usual go-to. If, if I'm not playing an empathetic player or so, uh, an, an empathetic character, I should say, then maybe I would do it differently. But so far my goal has just kind of been to, you know, be more empathetic as a, as a character yeah. and then that, that builds bonds, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what I try and do as a player. Yeah, it's that little bit of I'll support your story and that gives, well, it's the how to win friends and influence people. If you ask somebody for a favour, they tend to like you more. So yeah. you help somebody exactly. out and they tend to like you more. Yeah, yeah. and that, that, that has really been a positive thing. It's also made the players of those characters more likely to want to like sit down together and make some kind of story together that really includes both of us. So it it's good for a role-playing situation, but it's also good for the players around the table to have like healthy relationships, <laughs> you know, like healthy game relationships. It's never affected my relationships and with my friends, but you know. Well, you've got, <laughs> you said you've got four games. Are these weekly games? So I've got two fortnightly games okay. and two weekly games that I'm currently, yeah. And you're um, running three in, of them. And, no, running two of them. Oh, sorry, running two so of them. So one weekly, yeah, one weekly and one fortnightly um, is what I am running as a DM. Okay, so you've got, and I'm assuming, sorry, you've got one weekly game and one fortnightly game where you're playing as well, or just as the player. Yes, Exactly. So do you feel that you're a little bit more connected with the character you step into every week or is there still that buzzing in your mind of what, what's going to happen next fortnight when I step into the other one? Oh, that's interesting. Um, well, let's yeah, just... maybe, I have, maybe I have kind of uh, lost a bit of that because I'm not just obsessing over one character mm-hmm. um, each, each week. Um that's like kind of rocked my world that question. <laughs> well, let's maybe let's talk about the character you spend most of the time with before then, uh, which is the one you played the longer longest. Uh, I played a dragonborn called Lizard Bennett, yep. uh, which is a Jane Austen reference for oh, all of my. <laughs> I love it. I love Jane the idea. Lovers. I love the idea of um, an entire the entire Bennett clan are all dragonborn. Mm-hmm. We do Pride and Prejudice, but they're dragonborn. 
Yeah, exactly. Love it. Uh, so yeah, she she's my longest running and most close to my heart character. Uh, definitely, she was. Uh, kind, she, I mean, she was kind of sassy in some ways, but mostly she was just like ultra serious, did not really understand sarcasm. And so took things at face value all the time. Uh, so she was kind of like a bit of a funny, a bit of a funny kind of addition to the, to the group because everyone else was kind of silly and, you know, joking around and stuff like that. And she was like, Oh, when I get it, but that's fine. Like, whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> There's always, I feel that that works really well with a lot of parties, whether they're serious or like completely comedic, having someone who doesn't always get the joke, uh, like literally <laughs> doesn't get the joke. It just creates more in- entertaining situations. Yeah, totally. And, and me as a player as well, I didn't grow up with a lot of, shall we say, nerd culture, uh, quote unquote. Um, and so there were a lot of references made by all of the other people in the group who are very much into nerd culture, which is you know, common for people who play d and I, I think. Yeah. Um, so they've made a lot of references that I as ellie never got (laughs) so uh it was kind of funny to just lean into that you know and just be like well i guess liz doesn't get it either (laughs) oh it's it's such an easy way or such a great way to bring player knowledge to the character as well i generally Mm -hmm. use intelligence as a dump stat for that exact reason so i don't have to remember all the stuff that's going on (laughs) so yeah i i wasn't paying attention my character wasn't either so i don't really know yeah yeah totally well how long have you been playing uh lizard then is that the three years or have you was she someone that came along later i assume she um i shouldn't she she is a she uh and i actually like we've taken a break from that campaign now because there was some like movement with the players so we just paused that one and then started the Thursday night that I'm currently running. So she's still alive and well. She's been waiting, waiting in a cave somewhere uh, about to sort of rush some very powerful being. Uh, I'm I'm really, I can't remember, but they've been lying in wait for a few months now. That's a cliffhanger (laughs) to to drop on. It was. It was really brutal. Um, but yeah. So what? Um, this is. I'm assuming it's a D and D campaign with um, with yes. Lizard. Uh, what class yes. is she? She's a warlock. Okay. And the uh, one of my my housemate actually the other day asked me, uh, "Tell me what the top." Uh, role-playing moment of your life has been which amazing to have a a a housemate that asks those kinds of questions highly recommend you get yourself one of those (laughs) (laughs) she's she's amazing uh and my my one my my one big life changing and it did actually kind of impact on my real life as well because it really shook me but uh there was kind of all this build-up for um who my my patron really was uh and there there'd been a few sessions of sort of building up my patron's background and who they are and who they've kind of had relationships with and all of those kinds of things and we found out that her the patron was also a her um that the patron's partner 
had kind of like gotten them both into hot water at some point and they'd been separated. Uh, and I, we knew that this, this partner of my patron uh, was, you know, sort of born of deceit. They were very deceitful and like that was like their most defining characteristic. And so when Liz came face to face with this person, or this demon, I should say, demon, I should say, um, they, they said, oh, you're not Liz, you're actually Alisheva, the, the patron. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, no, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm Liz. I would know who I am. But because of all of the buildup and stuff, I, I as Ellie was like, oh my gosh, is this real? Could this really be happening right now? And it was the most intense thing. I was sweating and just like <laughs> fretting. I had no idea what to do. And the DM was like, so what do you want to do here? Do you want it to be true? Do you want it to be not true? Like, I'm not going to force you either way, but it could go either way. So I did what any good D and D player does. And I rolled a D 20 to see (laughs) if the whole course of my life would change forever. And uh, yeah, it turned out that they were telling the truth. I was actually my own patron all along. Wow. That's that's awesome. It really got me. That's, I love the t- I love twists like that where particularly yeah. that you decide with, by a d20 roll whether it's true or not it's like you never see something <laughs> like that coming yeah exactly and it, yeah it really did I really had this like internal struggle as a player and it really felt like it was so immersive in in that way because I was really struggling with this uh and not knowing what to do not knowing what to believe or what how this was going to affect me and and my character who I'd been playing for quite a while and I think that's really one of the amazing things about long campaigns as well is that you feel so attached to your character yeah that when something really life-changing happens to them it feels real Mm -hmm. it really does I had something similar with um my Mm -hmm. half-orc fighter who basically had his best friend in the whole world who we'd only known for about six months at that point. Um, he, he had a very bad childhood. Anyway, the his best friend gets killed and it just, it shaped mm-hmm. his life incredibly because he's just mm-hmm. like, well, I guess everyone's going to leave me. I thought I'd found someone I can, you know, hang out with for the rest of my life, but they died too. So nothing has meaning anymore. Heartbreaking. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was, and I loved it because no one else in the party seemed to notice that this was just this yeah. huge moment. Well, actually the player of the best friend did as well which was cool but yeah it's having those moments for a character is really really fun because you get Mm -hmm. to explore what is actually going on in that situation and what would it be like to you get to step outside of yourself and discover this really it's like reading a great novel yeah totally and did you find that that also shaped the decisions of that character of your own character going forward oh yeah yeah, he like, became, it changes their life. Yeah, he ended up. He switched. He was going to be a classic fighter all the way, and he goes, "Well, mm-hmm. he's going barbarian now because he's just got this rage inside him that things aren't going the way." There he wants. You go. Another great yeah. one was a little bit later, before the TPK that killed him. Um, he <laughs> had a. They, he had this like weird nightmare in an arena where he's fighting beside that best friend, and mm-hmm. after that moment, he's like, "Well, I'm dead." I must have died at some point because my friend's here and everything after Mm. this is the afterlife. So he's like, yeah, I'm just going to charge in and attack things because that's what I do. I'm dead. Nothing's going to hurt me anymore. 
Mm-hmm. And it was, maybe, it was maybe half an hour after that vision that he did actually die. So it didn't really play out too far. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, it was fun to to consider these things. Like, how will these life changing decisions really change their lives? Totally. Yeah, it. I feel it's it's harder as a DM to come up with those moments for your players. Totally, and I I think that that's one of the reasons that I, I I've as a new DM I've really been trying to perfect the art of preparation. Mm. Right, over preparing leaves can leave disappointment because I'm like, oh, you didn't go and do that one thing that I really wanted you to do. Um, And under preparing is just like, well, what are we even doing here? Um, (laughs) Here's a dragon, fight it. (laughs) Just fight it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, um, But yeah, I think that like now I'm kind of getting to a point where I'm comfortable with the amount of preparation that I'm doing, which kind of gives the players that room to make those make those situations happen for them rather than me having to come up with it all the time. But then because they're so involved in the story, they inspire these like really big changes. And I'm like, Oh, actually now that you've said that, okay, now I can take that and really turn that into something that is meaningful. And because the player has come up with it themselves and you're responding to something that they've come up with, um, I think that it, I think that's when it really feels visceral. It really feels like real, uh, real decision making has has got me to this place now where I have to make an ultimate decision. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's very true. Just when you can mm-hmm. invest more time and more energy into those characters, and then get faced with a choice where you maybe don't know how they would react, and you really have to think more about them and go, well, what is what really does drive them. Mm. and yeah yeah when when a player can give that up to you on a silver platter as a dm oh it's it's chef's kiss it's just yeah love them forever for doing that it's uh (laughs) someone was i think one of my friends was telling me that these are the knives that um that the players give the dm in every single session (laughs) it's like here's a knife to stab my character with later yes exactly Uh uh-huh and and i i i just really find that um it, it, fe- it can feel too forced if you go the other way. And I think that that's a real, there's a real danger in, in that for, for all of the types of games that I've played, uh, with, with all of the types of players that I've played with, I find that the majority, the vast majority of people want to feel like they're affecting change in the story. They want to be so. able to see that their decision has the consequence, maybe not the consequence that they want, but that it has changed the path. Yes, exactly. And I mean, I actually had this discussion with my players just yesterday, um, but something that I've really struggled with is like wanting to keep things open and Mm. therefore like they sometimes will meet someone who they're like, oh, like this person's going to be able to give us information because, I mean, the DM has presented them to us. Yeah. And there's only specific things that that person can tell them and then they kind of feel like, why did we even meet this person? Yes. You know? (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I don't know. I've kind of found that it's really difficult to manage that balance of 
giving them information mm. and then just responding to everything that they say very specifically. It's like, then they feel like they're the ones writing the story and there's no mystery to it. They want to find out what's happening in the story as well as affecting change in the story. Uh, and, and that balance is it very is a, difficult, I'm realising. Oh, <laughs> and doing it every week. I mean, doing mm-hmm. it basically when you've... Um, when you've got the Fortnite game, is doing it twice a week as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think everyone who's seen the other side of the screen suddenly... I think this is what a lot of people are wary about becoming Dungeon Masters for. They're just thinking, I I see what I put my Dungeon Master through. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to deal with that as well. Uh For a while, I mean, I always... For a while, I said, I'll never be a DM. Mm -hmm. Um, it seems like too much work and, and whatever. And I mean, it is too much work, but I love it. So, you know, yeah. it's worth it. <laughs> there is there is that I'll never be a dungeon master, but I will be a game master or a storyteller. And I think things like Dungeon yeah. World do give an easier access for people to come in and just tell the story that they want to tell because it is, it's all about storytelling, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. And I do, I do love the storytelling because coming up with some idea and then sharing that with my friends mm. and then them being like, yeah, and what if this happened? Like, yeah. that's basically what it is, you know? It's like when you get into those laughing fits with your yeah. friends where it's like, oh, yeah, and this and this. And it's just like everyone gets more and more hysterical. That's it's kind just, of what I see doing, Diaz. It's kind of the snowballing of a, of a conversation of it just everything mm-hmm. kind of tying in together and you're building on this bit and this bit's a bit more interesting. So you focus on that a little bit more and then you go down a tangent mm-hmm. and you do have a, a direction in mind because you're having a conversation, but eventually it, it just becomes cool. And that was the climax of that. And now we'll just go on to something else. And mm-hmm. being a, having friends around you to do that, it's it's just another game to play. It's, it's, one, it's what we're designed mm-hmm. as a species for. We see it with children all the time. This is how children play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think as well, it, it's, I just lost my train of thought completely. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Let's move on. It might come back to me. <laughs> no, no. I think we should probably um, wrap up there because we have been going for a while and the day we're recording sure. is swelteringly hot. And of course I can't turn a fan on because we're recording. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, we could, we could keep talking about the philosophy of, of, D&D and role-playing games and we haven't even touched on your role at Arkenforge as well um, which would have been really good oh, but, yeah. but hey well, we can get to that another time I'm sure but um, where can sure. people find you if um, you want them to online uh, I don't have any kind of social media <laughs> that's alright if you want to plug I'm, anything I'm not really on it. I do I do want to plug a few things uh, I would like to firstly uh, talk about Arkenforge of course um, mm-hmm. I do work with Arkenforge um, which is a map making software. They have a lot of amazing uh, content, uh, first party and uh, third party artists as well from all over the world are creating assets that you can put into your games. Uh, and uh, if, if you don't mind me sort of elaborating on this plug as well, yeah. I, I recently, um, oh, with, our, with our game yesterday, the first ever in-person game that I ran, um, found a really awesome pack of assets which was all different perspectives of the same canyon so i was able to bring the players through them walking through a canyon and new little bits of information coming up as they were walking through so that was really awesome that's so cool uh and and that was made possible because we had a table uh, sorry we had a tv on the table Mm. 
um, with the Ark and Forge Master's Toolkit software running on it. Uh, and so that was really awesome as well. That's so, yeah. cool. Ark so, and Forge. Ark and Forge. Arkandforge.com, I believe. Yes, it is. Arkandforge.com, exactly. And Arkandforge on... on uh, all, the, all the social on, medias. All the yeah. socials, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think it might be Arkandforge Tabletop. No, it is just Arkandforge, so you can keep that. That's good. Cool. All good. Anything else to, to plug? Happy to... And ArcanaCon. Yes. ArcanaCon.org. Uh, it should be .org, I believe, for ArcanaCon. I am hoping to get John on yes. um, next cool. year. Yes. So ArcanaCon.org uh, as well. They do conventions usually over the uh, sort of tumultuous covid time they did some online conventions and competitions and those kinds of things uh so definitely go and check them out they are amazing they are a very inclusive community which is exactly what i like to see so uh go and check them out too well ellie thank you for coming on the show today um and the last thing that i ask all my guests to do is say farewell to our listeners as uh, your favorite character so if you would be so kind as to say farewell as lizard bennett Sure thing. I was actually thinking about this. Um, I, like I said, I don't really do too many voices and stuff, but I always kind of imagined her, um, you know, she's a dragonborn, so her lips aren't like human lips. Mm-hmm. So she's just kind of like doesn't really use her lips and she's just a bit like, thanks so much for having me on the show. Uh, see you later. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> That's all we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to the podcast. We are found on Spotify, SoundCloud, and also Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can share us with a friend or send reviews out there as well. If there's someone that you think would be interesting for me to talk to, um, if you think there's someone that's got a really cool story about their D&D characters um, and have just an interesting life story in general, uh, you can shoot me an email at uh, the address is tellmeaboutyourdnd at gmail.com or I am on Twitter as well at tellmeyourdnd and Instagram and Facebook is at tellmeaboutyourdnd. I try to respond to all messages um, and interact with them as well and of course you can find all of our guests through the different things that they plug as well. I do have another podcast where I talk about Dungeons & Dragons and other role-playing games. That's of Dice and DMs, also kindly hosted by SoundCloud. Music for the episode is provided by Ploddington Bear, and art is by Tori Tedeschi. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Until next time, stay safe. May all your hits be crits.